Well, good morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran Church and this Sunday in which God is going to feed us with his word and sacrament and we get to celebrate Harvest Home together. So with that in mind, just an invitation, stay afterward, after the worship, to eat with us and feast with us and, and celebrate all of God's goodness to us together. Uh, also a reminder that this Sunday we'll begin our canned food drive. You'll see tables out in the narthex. Uh, and that'll go until Thanksgiving. You can bring in non-perishables, bring in personal hygiene items, and just set them on the table there. All of that goes to County Line, Church of the Brethren, um, into their pantry there. So everything you donate will stay local and will be given to people in need in our area. So until Thanksgiving, please bring in stuff so that we can share. Um, also, just as you see, our sanctuary is beautifully decorated for Harvest Home this morning. Uh, with that in mind, communion this morning will be done in a continuous style rather than at the rail. So you will just be dismissed and come up the middle aisle and then proceed out back the outside aisle. So uh, you'll figure it out. So. Are there any announcements that you all have or prayer requests this morning? Yeah. I just want to announce that today is uh, Pastor Appreciation Sunday, not only here at Zion, but across the whole United States. In fact, the month of October is Pastor Appreciation Month, even. So we have had a box down in the lower narthex for cards and notes for Pastor Wyatt. There's still some there if you would like to put a note or a word of encouragement in there. You know? And we would just like to thank you for your service. And may God's blessings be upon you. How about a round of applause? Of course, the privilege is all mine to be called to be your pastor and, and to serve you all. And the great appreciation is just the prayers that you give me and my family, the kind words of encouragement, being involved in our lives. All the, those are all the wonderful gifts you give throughout the year, and they're greatly appreciated. So it's all, it's all our privilege and blessing to be here with you all. Are there any other prayer requests that you have or, or announcements? If not, we have a special prelude this morning presented by our choir, so I'll invite them to come forward.
congregation, I invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may abide in your love and go on in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest and peace to God's people on earth. Lord of the feast, you have prepared a table before all peoples and poured out your life with abundance. Call us again to your banquet. Strengthen us by what is honorable, just, and pure, and transform us into a people of righteousness and peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. A reading from Isaiah. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you, I will praise your name. For you have done wonderful things, plans formed of old, faithful and sure. For you have made the city a heap, the fortified city a ruin. The palace of aliens is a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. Therefore, strong peoples will glorify you. Cities of ruthless nations will fear you. For you have been a refuge to the poor, a refuge to the needy in their distress, a shelter from the rainstorm, and a shade from the heat. When the blast of the ruthless was like a winter rainstorm, the noise of aliens like heat in a dry place. You subdued the heat with the shade of clouds, the song of the ruthless was stilled. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well-aged wine strained clear. 
and he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces, and the disgrace of his people will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. The word of the Lord. We will now read responsibly Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. You restore my soul, O Lord, and guide me along right pathways for your name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup is running over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. A reading from Philippians. My brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge you, Dia, and I urge you, Syntyche, to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just and whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And the God of peace will be with you. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Matthew. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner. 
My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, the wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guest, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it's providential that on Harvest Home Sunday that our gospel reading is a parable about a feast. Right? And we're reminded first that the image of feasting is central as an image throughout the Bible, teaching us what it is that the gospel is. And it's there in all of our readings. In our first reading, Isaiah writes that salvation from the Lord will be a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well-aged wine strained clear. This is the feast of the Lord freely given to his people. In other words, God's salvation, this feast, is only of the best quality, the best-tasting wines, the fattiest, richest meats. It's all luxury. And then in Psalm 23, it tells us that the salvation of the Lord is the Lord preparing a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Salvation is an overflowing cup, a moment of pure joy when all that causes us pain in this world will no longer be a threat to us. And likewise, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet to his son. In the first place, Jesus wants us to see how the gospel is like a wedding feast. Because it's a celebration. The gospel is a thing of joy. And in this parable, we see that it's a thing given freely. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to work for it. You're not back in the kitchen, working away, trying to get the meal together. You don't have to set the tables. You don't have to do the dishes. Often, as you know, in this world, feasts are exhausting, especially if you're the one responsible for planning it and cleaning it up. But this feast is different, because in this feast, you show up, you eat the best possible foods, you drink the best possible wines, and you celebrate with the king who is hosting the party. It's all paid for, it's all ready for you, it's all set out, and it's here for you to receive and enjoy. And that is the perfect image of the gospel, isn't it? The gospel, the message that because of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven, is like the king's feast. You didn't work for it. You're not responsible for preparing for it in some way. It's simply set out before you as a gift to enjoy. It's free. And of course, that's the cause of true joy 
in the life of the Christian, the free gift of the gospel. But yet the parable takes a turn, as the parables often do. And this parable deals with those who have no interest in the gospel, even those who hate the gospel. In this parable, there are those who reject the king's invitation. They treat it as a light thing. They go on working on their farms or on their businesses. And some of those who are invited are even violent. They kill the messengers who are sent with the invitation. And there are those people in the same way in this world who want absolutely nothing to do with the gospel. But that's not the case for those of you who are here this morning. Most of you, if not all of you, are here this morning voluntarily. You were interested in the invitation. You have come here this morning by the Holy Spirit's leading. You have come by the Holy Spirit's leading to sit and hear the word of God read and proclaimed. You have come to receive his gifts in the sacrament. Indeed, you do want the good gifts of the gospel because of the Spirit. But this is where the parable gets difficult for some. Because what about the guy who gets thrown out of the feast for not wearing the proper clothes? In the ancient Jewish world, people invited to a wedding feast were expected to show up in appropriate clothing. In our culture, of course, we lost a lot of that expectation. I mean, you can see a senator of the United States show up to work in a hoodie and gym shorts. Right? Contemporary society is much less formal about these things, about dress codes, than even they were in the ancient world. For a Jewish wedding feast, it was expected that you would show up in a clean, white robe. You didn't wear your work clothes to this feast. You didn't wear your loungewear or whatever. It would have been disrespectful to the one hosting a feast to show up wearing dirty, everyday clothes. In the parable, the king notices a man sitting at the feast who was not wearing the right clothes, and he gets thrown out. Not only does he get tossed out of the back door by the attendants, but he gets thrown into the outer darkness, bound hand and foot. And so the king in no way messes with those who disrespect the wedding feast of his son. Instead, we see that the king destroys the ones who mock the invitation, and he destroys the one who shows up disrespectfully. And so normally the question for those who hear this parable especially the question among those of you who are faithful, will naturally be, am I going to be the one who gets thrown out? Will I be the one not dressed appropriately? Will I get thrown out of the feast? Am I the imposter? Am I the one in dirty clothes who doesn't deserve to be here? And the question really is, am I a false believer when it comes to the gospel? Will the king throw me out of the feast of the kingdom of heaven? In the parable, the king says to the man in the dirty clothes and the everyday clothes, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And the man sits silently. He has no words. He's silent. And here's the question that the parable really poses to all of us. When the king says to you, a sinner, how did you get in here? What are you going to say? Will you sit silently? Right, that's the smart legal advice, isn't it? Right, plead the fifth, ask for an attorney, keep your mouth shut. Right, in legal situations, say nothing. Because we all know, in this context, we don't deserve an invitation to the feast that God is preparing for us. We all know that we are spiritually deficient. 
we all know that we're sinners. We're not the mighty saints who have it all together, who deserve to be rewarded with an invitation to God's great feast. And when we show up, we'll show up knowing that it's not because we deserve it. So what do you say when the king is going to ask you how you got to the feast? Will you plead the fifth? Will you stay silent? Will you point to all of your good works? Will you tell God all of the nice things you have done in this world that have made you worthy of an invitation to the king's feast? Will God be impressed with your charitable giving? Will God be impressed with your hours of volunteer service, your time in prayer, your time sitting in pews on Sunday mornings? Will you say to God, I deserve to be at this feast? Look how much I sacrificed. Well, my professional advice is not to say this to God. Because in reality, we can never do enough to earn a seat at the table. Likewise, my advice is not to stay silent when God asks you this question. And so I'll teach you here what to say. Here is what you say when God asks, how did you get in here? You say, by Christ alone. Christ is the garment that you will wear to the wedding feast. His righteousness, which was given to you by the promise of God's word at your baptism, is what allows you to feast at the table of the Lord. At our baptisms, we're freely given the wedding garment. We're given new white robes of forgiveness. Our sin-stained clothes are destroyed. And it's only by this gift that we're invited to the feast. It's only by that gift we can sit at the Lord's table. And so always, always make your appeal not based on what you have done, but based on what Christ has done for you. That's where your hope lies. That's what your faith holds on to. Don't put your faith in yourself, in your abilities, in your successes in this world. Don't plead for yourself, but plead by Christ alone. Christ alone is your hope. Put your trust in him alone, and you will not be put to shame. God promises that when you plead Christ, when you put your trust in him, you will not be thrown into the outer darkness. Instead, by Jesus' righteousness, by his death and resurrection, by what he has promised to you, you have a share in the feast. And so this morning, let us be glad and rejoice in that salvation given to us in Christ alone. Amen.
Together let us stand and confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and of the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipfully glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, the will of the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the world to come. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly King, your Son, Jesus Christ, purchased the Church with his precious blood. Preserve this Church in pure teaching of your word, in the right use of the sacraments, and in the unity of faith. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly King, you send out your invitation that all who believe in your Son should take their seats at his feast. By the proclamation of your church, gather multitudes of sinners into your presence. Give them the gift of faithful hearts and fill your eternal banquet hall with those who are redeemed by your Son. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly King, bless all families and the homes in which our people dwell. Grant grace to husbands and wives that they may, that they may fulfill their vocations to one another and to their children. Grant also that as a family, they may faithfully teach and learn the faith together. Lord, in your mercy. Most gracious God, we praise you for the harvest season, for the fertility of the soil, for the harvesting of crops, and for all the other blessings which you and your generosity pour out on this nation and people. Give us a full understanding of your mercy and all you provide for us. And keep safe all those who work in the fields in this season. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly King, for whom we wait, you promised to wipe away the tears from all faces. And so this morning we lift up to you, Wes and Matt, Charlie, Jane, Nancy, Nancy, Steve, Max, Rose, Barb, John, Brandy, Marilyn, Virgil, Tony, Carolyn, and Amanda, and all who weep here or who have any kind of trouble, that at the last they may be comforted, restored, and received into your great feast. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, you have prepared a table before us in the midst of those 
who refuse your invitation, and so keep your church unstained by the world, that together we may partake of the Lord's Supper worthily, clothed only in our baptismal grace. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our Heavenly King, give us such joy in pursuing what is true, just, pure, and worthy of praise, that spurning the temptations of the world, we would suffer no anxiety. Let our trust be placed fully in Christ, and let our hope rest in the life of the world to come. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us pray. Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care. And prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, 
that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Indeed, holy, almighty, and merciful God, you are most holy, and great is the majesty of your glory. You so love the world that you gave your only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. We give you thanks for his coming into the world to fulfill for us your holy will, and to accomplish all things for our salvation. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Remembering, therefore, his solitary command, his life-giving passion and death, his glorious resurrection and ascension, and the promise of his coming again, we give thanks to you, O Lord God Almighty, not as we ought, but as we are able. We ask you mercifully to accept our praise and thanksgiving, and with your word and Holy Spirit to bless us, your servants, and these your own gifts of bread and wine, so that we and all who share in the body and blood of Christ may be filled with heavenly blessing and grace, and receiving the forgiveness of sin may be formed to live as your holy people and be given our inheritance with all of your saints. To you, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory in your holy church now and forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. A taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
I invite you to stand. And now the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. We give you thanks, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen.
peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.